Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, June 22nd, 2016. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Boston, Beantown Athletics, your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by SeatGeek. SeatGeek has made it easier than ever before to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. Now, what's great about SeatGeek is the price you see is the price you get. Most sites will try to surprise you at checkout with these outrageous fees, but not SeatGeek. So make sure you download the free SeatGeek app right now and get a $20 rebate on tickets by using the promo code PICARD. That's right, as in my last name, PICARD. Now the Red Sox, they got a couple games left before they wrap up this 10-game homestand. It's a four-game series against the Chicago White Sox that they are currently on. And last night was the second game of this series. And for the second straight night, the Red Sox lose to the White Sox. Now, I'll get into this a little bit more to end today's show. I'm going to begin with some NBA stuff. But if you're looking to go to the final two games of this 10-game homestand, then the only place you should be going is the SeatGeek app. Because not only can you set an alert, and SeatGeek will... Keep you updated to let you know when ticket prices fall. You can also get $20 off by using my own personal promo code, which is, again, my last name, Picard. Even better, every ticket on the SeatGeek app is given a grade, and you can use their detailed map to see the exact view from your seat. So that doesn't just work at Fenway. It works at any venue that they have on the app. And if you go to the app, I think you'll be pretty surprised as to just how many venues they have. I mean, you don't have to just stay in Boston. You can search city. You can search event. And it's not just a sporting event. It's also concerts. So SeatGeek, it is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or a concert. And it should be the first place you go as well, SeatGeek. And again, the promo code is my last name. Picard to get $20 off. The Red Sox play tonight against the White Sox, and then they wrap up this homestand tomorrow afternoon. So SeatGeek is the only place you should be going to get your tickets. Now, I'll get to some Red Sox to close out the show. I'm going to begin with some NBA today, though, and I'll get to the draft stuff because the NBA draft is tomorrow night. Now, programming note, though, I am on WEEI tomorrow night, 10 o'clock to midnight, 10 p.m. to midnight, because the Red Sox have the day game. And you know what? We're probably not going to do much Red Sox tomorrow night. We're going to be doing all NBA, all NBA draft. And by the time I get on, I think maybe the draft won't be finished, but we'll be into the second round, I believe, right? We'll be into the second round, or maybe late in the first round. What time does this start? I don't know what time it starts. I got to figure that out. But the NBA draft is tomorrow night, and I am on WEI tomorrow night, Thursday night, 10 p.m. to midnight. So please join me, and I want your phone calls. You'll get my reaction, my raw reaction, and I want your raw reaction to what the Celtics do. I mean, they have eight picks in in this year's draft, which is only two rounds, as you know. And as you also know, you can't make all eight of those picks. So what did the Celtics do? I don't know. But I will say the one pick that we're all looking at right now is that number three overall pick. And there are some rumors, and I'm going to get to that in just a few moments. But first and foremost, on this Wednesday early afternoon, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are currently holding their championship parade. And I tell you what, the pictures of this that I'm seeing online on Twitter are pretty incredible of how many people are in the streets. I mean, Cleveland, they finally get a championship. They finally have something to be happy about. 
And uh, they're really embracing it. I'll tell you that. And they, if, if you get to go outside today, you get to see J.R. Smith still running around with no shirt on. The guy has not put a shirt on since he's taken his jersey off after a Game 7 win. Uh, so they're running around. They're having a good time. And LeBron James, the MVP, the guy we've talked about the last couple days and what type of series he had and what his legacy might be. And, oh, by the way, go to my website, dannypicard.com. I want you to vote because I really want, want, to, I want some more votes here on my poll question, which is in the top right corner of my website. It's if you had to win one game, who would you choose? Now, I only put, what, five players there? I get that you could put a couple more in that conversation, but for the sake of time and for the sake of not taking up too much space on the website, I narrowed it down to five. And those five players with the question, who would you take to win you one game, was Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, or Kobe Bryant? Now, my answer, as I told you yesterday, and Kyle Draper from Comcast Sportsnet was on with me yesterday, and he agreed, i take Michael Jordan. I mean, I just would. I think Jordan just had something out there that you can't even really explain. You just got to watch it. You just got to see it. And I wouldn't take anybody over him. And, but after him, I think LeBron's in the conversation. I know Bird and Magic, they had their nice little runs. They had a great careers, and they're all-time greats, two of the all-time greats. And, and their legacies, you know, go sort of hand-in-hand hand because of the storylines and the time frame in which they played and played against each other and had rivalries. But, you know, LeBron James, I think he has a skill set and a tool set that is, is somewhat, you know, unheard of. It's a very rare skill set. He's got it all. He can do it all. And, and while a lot of those greats that I just mentioned, they can do a lot of things... You know, what you saw, especially at the end of Game 7, where LeBron comes out of nowhere and just swats Andre Iguodala off the glass and essentially saves them the game and maybe even wins them the championship with that. I mean, you don't get many guys that can do as much stuff that he can offensively and take over a game like he can. You don't get many, many of those guys that can also do something like that. And that's why LeBron is such a physical specimen, a man-child, and an absolute beast to the point where I think once I get Jordan out of the way and I pick Jordan number one overall, then I think LeBron is absolutely in the conversation uh, for your next pick. If you had to make a second pick there, who, who would you take to win you one game? But LeBron James, the MVP, Cleveland's got the championship parade today. The pictures are crazy. How many people are out and about watching this thing? But LeBron... Uh, he's talking, and he's talking to ESPN, and here's what he had to say, because everybody wants to know now, what's LeBron going to do? He can opt out of his contract this summer, and people have teased that idea, like when the playoffs were going on, people were trying to tell us that if LeBron wins one in Cleveland, that was, you know, his goal was just to get him one, and once he gets one, he's out of it. And I told you, I think that would be crazy, not just for the you know, the public relations disaster that it would be, but also because, I mean, if you want to, if, if LeBron James wants to continue to win championships to really shut up the critics, because there's still going to be critics, right? As long as the memories are in people's heads of LeBron James losing NBA in the NBA Finals during times in his career, which there are and there have been, he's going to be criticized. And as long as his personality remains the way it is off the court, and even maybe on the court sometimes. You know, it's it just, you don't, 
there's a lot of people that don't like the guy because of that. And they're going to hate on him because he's so good. That's just the jealousy factor that comes with hating on someone who's great who doesn't play for your team. You know, it's it's human nature to feel that way about, about someone like LeBron James. But one thing he can do, I think, to help himself is to not, you know, not leave Cleveland. And, and not even just for those public relations situations that I just told you about, but also because if you're LeBron James and you look at the team you have, playing with Kyrie Irving, who obviously is not afraid of the big moment, and that's a special trait, not being afraid of the big moment. You know, is Kevin Love afraid of the big moment? I started to think so, and then I think if you look at the way he played in the opening, what, six to eight minutes of Game 7, even when he was making mistakes, I thought it would have been very easy for someone like Kevin Love to curl up into a ball and just in the fetal position and just turtle and hide and get taken out of the game and want to sit there and not even want to come back in. But I thought his effort, his second effort to maybe make up for some of the mistakes and turnovers that he had, I thought that effort and that heart that he showed was infectious. And I think it was huge for the Cavaliers in that game. So I don't even know that I want to sit here and say that Kevin Love is afraid of the big moment, even though I do think he is somewhat soft as a player and his personality in this league. But I look at LeBron James and I think, why would you want to leave that? You know, if I'm LeBron, not only am I staying in Cleveland because it's my hometown and I get to play with someone like Kyrie Irving, especially someone like Tristan Thompson, who I think stepped up in big moments. And can, I mean, that's the second straight year we've seen him step up in big moments, not just in the playoffs, but in the finals. And uh, on top of it, I think you keep around Kevin Love and you continue to build and grow with him and build with this group and grow with this group. And you know what? I think the Cavaliers probably know, and LeBron probably knows, if this group sticks together, they could probably get back next year. And all you got to do is get into it. Just get into the finals. And if I'm LeBron, I'm staying. And LeBron's talking about it, because we're talking about it. And here's what LeBron James today told ESPN. And I quote, he says, quote, I love it here in Cleveland. I have no intentions of leaving. There are some technicalities to take care of, but I'll leave that up to my agent. That's right from the horse's mouth. End quote. So there you go. Now, will that put an end to the rumors and the speculation from some of these NBA analysts and reporters like Stephen A. Smith or Brian Windhorst? No, of course it's not going to stop. It's going to continue. There will be rumors. You know there will be. Because you know there will be other players that will tell reporters, hey, we're trying to get LeBron to opt out and come here. And the minute a reporter hears that, well, they're going to turn that story into something that it's probably not. It's going to spiral out of control to the point where it will then be breaking news on 6 o'clock SportsCenter. They'll have Winhorst doing his, you know, split screen with the SportsCenter anchor to open the 6 o'clock SportsCenter at some point this summer. They'll ask him the questions, and uh, they'll have the headline, you know, is LeBron leaving Cleveland? Is it the decision part two? I mean, you're going to turn it into that. I guess Winhorse needs to earn his money somehow in the offseason, right? SportsCenter needs to get the rating somehow to talk NBA. So, you're still going to hear it. But, I mean, if you look at LeBron James, the situation he's in, and then you also see what he has to say, I, to me, I, wouldn't, I don't see why he would ever leave that. And I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I think he's going to stay in Cleveland. And they're going to contend for a couple more years. Even longer. It's going to happen. So. That's where we stand, the parade today in Cleveland, the draft tomorrow night, 
And as we get set and get closer to the draft, we now are beginning to see the official reports of what the 76ers are going to do with the number one overall pick. We're starting to see the official reports of what the LA Lakers are going to do with the number two overall pick. And the Sixers, that story came out yesterday after I recorded this podcast. Ben Simmons, he will be taken by Philly. And of course, when Simmons is gone, the Lakers say they are going to take Ingram at number two. You know, these reports, it's sort of like my reaction to it is, well, yeah, no shit. I mean, that's pretty much the way we all start going down, especially the Lakers pot. When the 76ers come out and say, we're going to take Ben Simmons. I know some people wanted to tease the idea of the Lakers maybe giving Dragon Bender a shot at number two, and I just absolutely laughed at that and said, you know what, let him take Bender because that just makes the Celtics, you know, the trade value for the Celtics number three pick that much greater. Like, let the Lakers fuck up big time and take Dragon Bender. If they wanted to do something like that, I mean, that would just be an embarrassing move at number two with Ingram sitting there. So the Lakers will take Ingram and build a nice little core for themselves with D'Angelo Russell, and you you, know, you add Ingram to that group with Julius Randle. I think they got a nice young group of players there. That could be a good thing for the Lakers. And then you got number three overall. And what do the Celtics do? Well, there are rumors, and the rumors fly, and they'll continue. I mean, by the time you hear this podcast and listen to this, there'll probably be more rumors. There might even be a trade. I feel like if there is a Celtics trade, though, it's like tomorrow late afternoon. Thursday late afternoon. I feel like that's where it would be. But here's the, here's the latest rumor and report. Celtics related. Of course, we know the 76ers won. 76ers want the number three pick. They want to take Chris Dunn. Or at least they want the Celtics to take Chris Dunn and they want the Celtics to trade him. Maybe the Celtics take Dunn, they hold him hostage, and they make Philly give up a little bit more than they would if Philly owned the number three overall pick and got to make their decision. I don't know. But we hear Okafor's name, we hear Nerland's, Noel's name, and that's a rumor. But you know the other names. You know Jimmy Butler. There are a couple others. According to ESPN's Mark Stein, the Celtics have tried to trade for Jimmy Butler, Gordon Hayward, Jabari Parker, and Chris Middleton. That's according to ESPN's Mark Stein. I'll say this. The Jimmy Butler makes sense. The Jabari Parker, I think, might even make some sense. Chris Middleton? No, I'm all set. But again, what? I, maybe I shouldn't say I'm all set. I, I, I think I'm talking about the number three overall pick here, right? Like, that's what we're talking about, I assume. Like, I assume that. When you throw Jimmy Butler's name into a tweet, I assume we're talking number three overall pick. And if you're bringing up all the names, I assume you're still talking about. Now, if you could give up another pick that's not number three overall, you could get Chris Middleton? Sure. I'd do that. Of course you of course you would. J- Javari Parker? Sure. Gordon Hayward? Eh. Here's the deal with Gordon Hayward. He's got this se- upcoming season left in his contract. What's he, 26? And then the following year, he has a player option. So if Gordon Hayward, according to reports, has asked for a trade out of Utah, one, you know he wants out, which means you think if he doesn't get traded, he's just, there's going to be a player, he's going to, you know, option, he's not going to pick up his option, he's going to leave and be a free agent. You got Brad Stevens, who used to coach him. What, like, if you're the Celtics, why would you even think about giving up anything to get Gordon Haywood right now? Especially the number three overall pick. So that rumor doesn't make any sense to me. The Jimmy Butler one makes sense. 
You know, I still think that for all the reports we hear, I still think that the deal that's going to go down is the one that nobody's talking about. And I feel that way in a lot of sports when it comes time to some certain deadline or date in which you know teams are going to make a move by. Like, for example, for example, here's a trade that nobody talked about until it actually happened. And this just happened. This is happening right now as I'm recording the show. A three-team deal between the Pacers, the Hawks, and the Jazz. How about this one? This is a real deal. This is a done deal. This isn't like reported this could happen. This is reported has happened, done deal, and it's the first time it's been mentioned. Jeff Teague is getting traded to Indiana in a three-team trade. Uh, The Pacers are giving up George Hill. They're sending George Hill to Utah, and Utah is sending the number 12 overall pick to Atlanta. So Atlanta basically trades Jeff Teague for the number 12 overall pick. The Pacers basically give up George Hill to get Jeff Teague. And the Jazz, um, they are basically trading the number 12 pick to get George Hill. So that's a trade that... I had not heard of, like, I did not hear any report that said there's talks between the Pacers and the Jazz and the Hawks and a deal that would send Jeff Teague to Indiana, that would send George Hill to Utah, and that would send Utah's number 12 pick to Atlanta. Like, I I didn't hear that report. The first time I'm hearing of this is when it happens, and I think that's how it's going to go down. So, with the Celtics, you know, I do not want them to make the number three overall pick. I want them to trade it. But if they do trade it, I think it's in a package with a team for a player that is not involved or, or mentioned in the type of report that you're seeing today from ESPN's Mark Stein, where he mentions Jimmy Butler, Gordon Hayward, Jabari Parker, and Chris Middleton. Like, I just, I think the fact that that's out there before it even happens, to me, I rule, the, I rule all four of those guys out. Like, I feel like you're hearing about this because the Celtics have tried to make those moves, and those deals, maybe the word talks, but those things are now dead, right? And I'm telling you right now, with that mindset that I have with trades in any league, which is the ones that go down are the ones, the first time they, they reported during this little span, this stretch in which, you know, teams are going to make deals, usually the first time they reported in this span, time span, it's reported that it's actually a trade, not a rumor. So until we hear the report that the Celtics and the Kings are talking about DeMarcus Cousins, I think that's still fair game, and I think that's still at play. I really do. We've Obviously, we've heard reports of DeMarcus Cousins being linked to the Celtics in potential trades in the past, but I think what's interesting is you, you hear crickets when it comes to DeMarcus Cousins right now with the Celtics at the moment. And... To me, that doesn't tell me that the teams aren't talking. That doesn't tell me that the Celtics aren't interested. That actually tells me that maybe there is something going on behind the scenes. I just always feel like the moves that are made, the specific moves that are made, we don't hear specifics of anything before they're made. Like the first report is the only report, which is that the trade has has went down. So, So I'm ruling out Jimmy Butler. I'm ruling out Gordon Hayward. I'm ruling out Jabari Parker. And I'm ruling out Chris Middleton. That's what I'm doing, okay? And if you're the Celtics, you know, the report that I told you yesterday and that we even see a little bit more today that other teams 
don't necessarily value the Celtics assets maybe as much as someone like myself would, as, as much as someone like, I don't know, Danny Ainge does. Um, Here's the deal. The Celtics, if they want to get nuts, they can get nuts. But But here's how they get nuts. This year's Brooklyn pick, a player or two from the roster right now, but also either one or both of the next two Brooklyn picks next year and the year after that the Celtics currently own. Like, you're going to have to add those to the package, whether it be last minute, whether it be right away right now, today, this afternoon, and this Wednesday afternoon. Like, I think if you want to really get nuts, you can. It's just how nuts do the Celtics want to get to get that superstar player? Like, I think you need to go out and make a superstar player available. All the, again, all this talk about Jimmy Butler. All right, great. But, you know, how about just going behind the scenes, don't leak any information out to the media, attacking a team, calling a team, heck, meet them face-to-face and say, I get it. He's a superstar and he's your superstar. But how do I make him available? Like, that's where the Celtics should be at right now while trying to package the number three overall pick. Will they be able to get a deal done? I don't know. As of this Wednesday early afternoon, we don't see anything yet. We hear reports. We see reports. We hear rumors. We see rumors. I think any reports and rumors you hear now, to me, I just rule those names out. Because I think if the Celtics get anything done, or you you see any big major trade done, the actual specifics of it, play a team, I don't think... As long as those are reported beforehand, those are not the deals that happen. The deals that happen are the ones that when we hear them, it's the first time we hear them. Now, Jimmy Butler could get traded. I just think the fact that you're hearing the Celtics involved in an actual report tells me that that deal is probably dead and that's not happening. Could Jimmy Butler be traded to a team that we haven't mentioned or hasn't been reported the last couple days? Of course. In fact, that's the way I probably think it's going to go down if it does go down and Jimmy Butler does get traded. So... When people say, well, you're not hearing DeMarcus Cousins' name floated out there, especially not in a deal with the Celtics, I say, well, wait a minute. I think that's a good thing because that tells me that maybe there is something going on behind the scenes because to me, those are the moves that are made, the ones that aren't reported beforehand. The ones that are not reported beforehand. The example I always use is A-Rod to the Red Sox. In 04, right? Going in 04. A-Rod to the Red Sox. How many times was that reported? I was psychotic checking the reports on that one. I mean, I was like every day, 10 times a day, going online, searching the rumor mill. That was before Twitter. You just went online. Like I went to Boston Dirt Dogs website. Um, I went to, I mean... You name what was it? I think I went to like Boston.com. I think Roto World had some rumors. I went to all these websites, uh, ESPN.com, and all, it would always, there would always be something. Peter Gammons used to write about it. There would always be rumors of A-Rod to the Red Sox. Then what happened? Then what happened? A-Rod, all of a sudden you hear breaking news. A-Rod traded to the Yankees. Like, what? When did that happen? How come that wasn't reported? The Yankees behind the scenes didn't let the Red Sox do the dirty work publicly, let all their dirty laundry leak out, and then they just snuck in and said, hey, let's not leak this to the media. 
let's take some time and work something out. Here's what we're going to do. And they got a deal done. And the first time we heard that reported was when it happened. You never, you never heard the report that was like, Yankees also involved in the A-Rod sweepstakes. No, because the minute that would have been reported, that would tell me that they weren't anymore. And I just think that's the way these things go down. Again, Jeff Teague today, going to the Pacers. Was, was there a report yesterday that said Pacers and Hawks and Jazz talking about a three-team deal? No, you didn't hear that. You did not hear that. That is not the deal you heard. So, um, the first time you hear it is when it actually happens. And if the Celtics want to get nuts, they can get nuts, and I just hope that they get nuts. I, if anything happens tonight, I'll react to it on tomorrow's podcast and certainly tomorrow night on WEI 10 to midnight. I think during the end of the draft. I, I, again, I don't know what time the draft actually starts, but does it start at 9? That's late, right? Maybe 8, 8.30? I'm trying to think. I was on WEI last year during the draft, and I think I was on... Um, You know what? I think I... Actually, it was the end of the first round, I think. That was already a year ago. Huh? I remember that night like it was yesterday. Because they took Rozier. They took Hunter. I actually was on the air when they took... I believe they took RJ Hunter. I believe I was on at that point. I was just getting on. End of the first round, maybe? So maybe that's the same timetable we should look at for tomorrow night. But I'll be there tomorrow night. And I'll also be here tomorrow morning early afternoon, to give you tomorrow's podcast. So whatever happens, NBA, trades, Celtics, the draft, news, I'll give it to you right here on this show. Uh, In baseball, last night, the Red Sox lose again to the Chicago White Sox, and again, the score was 3-1. to Now, Chris Sale in this one becomes, by the way, i got to mention it, Chris Sale becomes Major League Baseball's first 12-game winner. And on the other end of it, you got Clay Buckholtz, who allows a home run on the first fucking pitch of the game. I mean, he let up two home runs in this one. And other than that, again, but yeah, I have a tough time saying that. Other than that, he didn't get knocked around. And at times, he settled down. Look, the Buckholtz thing is done. Like, it's over. It's the only reason they're experimenting with it again is because they have to, and they don't have anybody else, right? This is not a guy that you can trust. It's pretty obvious. And if there's one thing, honestly, honestly, if there's one thing, like if I ran the Red Sox and I'm, I'm in my seat, I'm ready for the first pitch, like I'm in Dombrowski's little, you know, in this little glass case up there, and I'm sitting there. Let's say I'm, you know, I'll put myself in the shoes of Mike Hayes in the GM, sitting next to Dombrowski. We're going to watch Buck Colts. All right. Here's the one thing I ask him not to do. You know what it is? And in fact, I, I would put all my money that he wouldn't do it, is give up a home run on the first pitch of the game. I, I like, he, and he gave one up. So. <laughs> If you couldn't watch after that, I don't blame you. Even knowing how good the Red Sox offense is and how relentless they are and how they're really not out of any game. Uh, You didn't get David Ortiz in the starting lineup last night. You know, the injury stuff with him, it's becoming a real thing. And and look, people who got caught up in the moment of his hot start to begin the season, I I try to tell you, it's a long season. 
Not that I don't think Ortiz is going to be good the rest of the year. I do, but you're going to need to give him some days off. And you're going to need to give him days off because he's going to be hurting. And he's going to be hurting because he's old. And because he's old, I'm telling you right now, just because he has a hot start to the season, a mind of a great season, that doesn't mean he's going to come back and play next year. He said something the other day along the lines of, well, he wishes he never announced his retirement tour because he does, you know, it's just, there's always something that he's got to do. Eh, I think he's just saying that. To be honest with you, I think he loves the, I, I, I think he loves the attention. I think that's why these guys do it. I don't have a problem with it because not, again, not everybody gets the farewell tour. You got to be something special to get the farewell tour. A lot of guys announce they're retiring or are going to retire. They don't all get the farewell tour. David Ortiz should get one. He's getting one. He deserves it. But not every guy deserves it. So, um, he announced it. He's getting it. I don't, I don't think he regrets it as much as maybe he says he does. But here's the deal. He is going to retire after this season. And I think he can see the age catching up with him right now because he is hurting again. And you also, you know, the lefty against the tough lefty, Chris Sale. Basically, because he is old and you know you need to give him some days off, you got to pick your spots. And this is a good spot against... The, one of the toughest lefty, if not the toughest lefty, combined with being one of the toughest pitchers, if not the toughest pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. Again, first pitcher in all of baseball with 12 wins, and it's not one of these 12 wins that, you know, he has a terrible ERA and he gets some high run support. It's one of these 12 wins in which he's got an ERA sub-3 and, uh, you know, 2.83 to be exact. He gets nine strikeouts last, last night in seven innings, gets the win, he's 12-2. and two. Chris Sale is legit. So if you're going to pick your spots with Big Poppy, you pick your spot last night, you give him the night off. Even with the night off last night, though, you know, it's not crazy to think that the Red Sox would still find a way to score a couple runs. But they didn't. And even with that said, when Buck Holtz gives up the, the home run on the first pitch of the game, or maybe you're watching through the fourth and you see him give up the home run in the fourth inning, I mean, I don't blame you if you don't want to watch anymore. If you don't want to watch Buck Holtz, I don't blame you. But after that, I did hear some people talking today about the ninth and how John Farrell handled it. They had two outs, and they pinch hit David Ortiz for Sandy Leon. Uh, so, I mean, come on. At that point, I get it's a two-run game, and you need two runs. Uh, and you got Marrero up after that. And Hernandez, people say, why not let Leon hit? I mean, sure. I think you probably, you know, Leon has actually been hitting pretty well since he's been been up and playing. But, I mean, how much confidence do you have in Sandy Leon? Here's the problem. Here's, and you tell you, the pinch run and this, that. I don't really have a problem with how Farrell handled the ninth inning last night. I think he's in a tough spot, given the names that we're talking about. Here's the problem I have with the Red Sox right now. I just said it. The names that we're talking about. Like, we're talking about Sandy Leon, Leon, Lamar, Hernandez, Morero. Um... Does anybody else see an issue with this? Again, I'm gonna name, I'm gonna say those names again. Leon, Lamar, Hernandez. I mean, Marrero. What is what is going on? Why are we even mentioning these guys' names in the bottom of the ninth? Never mind the bottom of the ninth at all. Well, they have some issues. One, you know, the Brock Holt thing. Um. He's in, what, AAA? He should be back soon. They can't get him back soon enough. Super utility man. Can play every position. And they need him. They absolutely need him. 
But I mean, I'm more upset with some of the names that the Red Sox have to deal with in these situations than I am the moves that the manager makes. I mean, it's not like, all right, you're pinch hitting for Sandy Leon instead of, you're putting Ortiz to hit for Sandy Leon instead of waiting and have Ortiz hit for Devin Morero. I mean, think about that argument for a minute and how maybe foolish it might be. It's kind of a waste of my time. Leon, Morero, and then complaining about Lamar, pinch running. I mean, and then Hernandez, pinch, it's just, they weren't the Red Sox weren't doing anything in the ninth inning last night because of the players that we were talking about. Marrero, Hernandez, Lamar. I mean, they just weren't winning that game last night. So I have a tough time getting worked up worked up about how the ninth inning played out. I'm more worked up. I think the bigger issue is some of the names that we're even mentioning in those situations. I don't I don't put that on the manager. I've I've gone after the manager this season for things, for certain moves. But last night in the ninth, eh. You know, I, I just, look, this offense, they need to bust out of what whatever they're in right now, and maybe they'll do it tonight. Now, Quintana, lefty for Chicago, it's a tough matchup, obviously. Tough matchup. And for the Red Sox, Eduardo Rodriguez is pitching. He's trying to work out some things. They say he's tipping the pitches. Might he be tipping them? Maybe. Is he tipping them as much as maybe they're trying to make it out to be? I don't think so. I think there's a confidence issue with Rodriguez here, and maybe it comes back to the knee, not feeling totally confident in it for an entire game, and maybe you need to build up some fatigue. Uh, I do think Rodriguez has the stuff to be able to figure it out and put it all together in a full game. Is it going to happen tonight? I don't know. I'd like, I'd, I'd love it to be tonight. I think the team would love it to be tonight. I think the organization and all of Red Sox Nation would like it to be tonight. But if it doesn't happen tonight, I still don't think I'm throwing in the towel on the kid. In fact, I know I'm not throwing in the towel on the kid. Rodriguez is going to be just fine, in my opinion. But this is going to be another tough matchup. The good thing for the Red Sox is that the rest of the AL East lost last night. They Everybody lost. Orioles lost. Blue Jays lost. Yankees lost. Rays lost. Red Sox lost. So everything remains the same in the division. Like, that's why I hate people, they see the Red Sox lose two straight to the White Sox, both three-to-one games. I guess some controversy when you talk about maybe some moves or, like, two nights ago they couldn't get even a ball to the outfield with no outs and bases loaded in the ninth to walk it off. Uh, Kimbrell blew it and gets the loss. And then last night you got Buck Holtz, and then you got a situation in the ninth where you really have nobody other than Ortiz. And, you know, Ortiz can only do so much. Um, but still, it's just, to me, what's more frustrating are the names that we're talking about there. Uh, all those things, when people say, oh, the wheels are falling off the Red Sox, things aren't looking good, well, make sure you check out the rest of the AL East. Because the Orioles lost. Blue Jays lost. Yankees, Rays, they both lost. Which means that you lose last night. All right, tough loss. You lose the last two nights. Guess what happens? The Orioles did not gain any ground on you. You are still one game out of first place in the AL East. So how could you possibly sit there and tell me that the wheels have fallen off and that the season is over? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So you got Quintana tonight for the White Sox. And if you don't come through against him, tomorrow afternoon against James Shields, you absolutely should. Because James Shields has allowed 21 earned runs. Okay? And this is... This, and this is just with the White Sox, right? 
62 hitters with the White Sox. Over eight and two-thirds innings. And he's pitched in five where he's faced seven hitters or more. That's, and again, allowed 21 earned runs to go with 25 hits against five strikeouts and nine walks. Shields is not having a good run right now with the White Sox, a team that just acquired him. In fact, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be able to even put it together. He's been so bad, and he's probably up there just stressing out about every single pitch, and that's not good for you as a starting pitcher in this league, especially against the Red Sox offense that's going to be awfully hungry to bust out tomorrow afternoon. So if they can't bust out tonight, they should be able to do it tomorrow against James Shields, and tomorrow afternoon Rick Porcello is on the mound at Fenway. And then the Red Sox go to Texas for a weekend series against the Texas Rangers. So that's what we have in Major League Baseball. That's what we have with the Red Sox. Again, I'm not getting too worked up or overly concerned about some things that have happened the last two nights uh, because I think, you know, these are things that are going to be fixed. I think the offense is going to be better than this. And I think Eduardo Rodriguez, even if he doesn't put it together tonight, I still think he's got what it takes to, to be somebody that you can rely on down the stretch late into the season. I do. But we'll see. We'll see. Other news outside of Major League Baseball. UFC has been sold. How about that? $4 billion. And I guess to bring it to sort of a local angle, Robert Kraft is part of the group that purchased UFC for $4 billion. I don't know. Does that set something up at, at Gillette Stadium, UFC event? Maybe it does. I think that would be pretty cool. I think that would be pretty cool. Now, I was always curious as to what was going to happen with Dana White if they sold it. Dana White reportedly is going to get more than $300 million while being granted an ownership stake and continuing his role as president of the UFC and promoter. So nothing's going to change with Dana White other than his checking account, and he just became a whole lot richer, right? You got some more money now. So Dana White, good for him, good for him. Uh, UFC has been sold for four mil. And I, you know, I, I, I know I skipped from the Red Sox to UFC real quick, and I know that some people tune into the show to hear me rant and rave when things go bad, and certainly things have gone bad for Clay Buckholtz. And maybe you tuned in today to hear me crush Clay Buckholtz for letting up two home runs last night, to hear me crush Buckholtz for letting up a home run on the first pitch of the game. I mean, I mentioned it. It's upsetting. It's the one thing you're asking him not to do. But I I won't lie to you. Like, I don't know that I want to even waste any more energy knocking Clay Buckholtz because we just know that he's going to be a failure when he steps in that mound. I know the role he needs to be in. It's a mop-up duty guy. It's uh, innings eater out of the bullpen, and he did a nice job in that spot. He's only in the spot he is now because they have to put him there. They don't have anybody else. Now, they have time to make a move. I trust the Red Sox will make a move and go out and get a starting pitcher. But in the meantime, if this is the way you've got to fill up the rotation and it's still going to be Buckholtz, I don't think it's, it's not an ideal situation. I don't think they want to have to do this, but they have to do it. And when he sucks and he lets up the two home runs that he did last night and he lets up the home run on the first pitch of the game that takes the air out of the building, air out of the ballpark, I mean, you want me to sit here and, and what do you want me to say? We've already crushed Buckholz to the point where nobody wants to see him on the mound. I, I, I guess the only thing I will say about it is 
if you're Dave Dombrowski, get to work. That's my message. That's my message. Get to work. Because as much as I'd love to sit there and scream and yell and tell you Buckholz should be out of the rotation, I mean, who are you putting in? The guys that you want in there have already got their shot and they didn't show you anything, like a Henry Owens, Rowanis Elias. Um, you know, just what are you going to do? Brian Johnson, what, he's on the DL with what, anxiety? I mean, you got some issues there. You know, you got... And maybe there's some kids that you don't necessarily want to rush up. So, perhaps you just got no choice. And um, I think my message would be continuing to see this instead of really just wasting my energy on crushing Buckholtz, who we all know is just terrible and is not going to give you anything out of the rotation. I, I think my, I should spend my energy instead on sending a message to the front office saying, get to work. Right? Get to work. It's as simple as that. It is June 22nd. We have a little over a month until the non-waiver trade deadline. Three words. Get to work. That's it. I'm here five days a week getting to work. DannyPicard.com. Also, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, anywhere podcasts are available. Again, programming note, I'm on WEI tomorrow night, but I'll be back here in the morning. Who knows? Maybe we got some more juicy NBA rumors to get you set for the NBA draft tomorrow night. And also, don't forget, the NHL draft is on Friday. So I will be getting into some of that as well the next couple days. And with the Red Sox, whatever happens, Eduardo Rodriguez versus Quintana tonight. I'll react to it on tomorrow's show. And uh, again, anything else? Fair game. Hit me up on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Danny Picard show. And, well, I was going to close out the show, but I happen to be on Twitter right now as I'm doing it. And uh, there's some breaking news. It's not Celtics related, but it's Bulls related. We had an eye on the Bulls. Again, Jimmy Butler... Who's talking about Derrick Rose? Derrick Rose just got traded to the Knicks. Yep. This is according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Wow. Derrick Rose traded to the Knicks for Robin Lopez in a bigger package. How about that? So all the talk about Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose is the one to go. Derrick Rose to the Knicks. Well, there's your big name to go along with Carmelo Anthony. It's can Derrick Rose, can he stay healthy? That's the question. Derrick Rose to the Knicks. I'm sure we'll have more details on this trade uh, throughout the night, and I will react tomorrow, certainly, uh, to this. Wow. Did not see that coming. But there you go. All the talk about Jimmy Butler. Next thing you know, you see a report. Derrick Rose traded out of Chicago, and he's going to New York to the Knicks. That should be something. I'll react more tomorrow. Again, dannypicard.com. Anywhere podcasts are available. Get me on social media. Hit me up. I'll react to it on this show. I'm out. Talk to you tomorrow.